Hey, welcome to episode 12 of Fanboy Book Club. I'm your fanboy, Eric. So, for those of you who don't know, I am not an avid reader. And then I came up with this idea to read 50 books within a year. But unfortunately, because of the Corona Extra Light Beer virus, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I'm stuck on my current book. I've been reading it for five months. No, it's not true. Just like a month. Probably more than a month. And, yeah. But I've already read a bunch of books before that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the 23rd and 24th book I read. 23rd being A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And the 24th book was Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Don't worry, you Harry Potter haters. I this is the last Harry Potter book for a while. Uh, I'm like I said, the book I'm currently on. I'm sticking me a while, so I've got three. I think I've got three more episodes left until I'm caught up to what I'm reading. And when I'm caught up to what I'm reading, this is not going to be a weekly pod. It will be a pod uh, only when I'm done reading the book I'm on currently. So yeah, let's get into it. So the first book we're going to talk about, like I said, is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Now this book came out in 1843, when your grand great-grandparents weren't even born yet. They probably were. Obviously this was written by Charles Dickens, I think I might have said that already. It wasn't very long, it was just a, like a little over 100 pages, maybe 200 pages, something like that. I don't have the number in front of me. So, I read this, obviously, during the big holiday of Arbor Day. Uh, no, I read this during Christmas. So, it was right, I finished it right before Christmas. I, wa- I didn't know what to read, and I thought I should read something that uh, represents the holiday. Of course, what book doesn't represent the holiday more than Christmas Carol? I had never read it. Obviously, I had seen... Adaptations. Um, I don't think I'm right in this statement, but this is probably one of the most adapted stories, if not the most adapted stories uh, of of anything in literature. Because I mean, they've been making movies. They've been like live action movies since like the early 1900s, and they did. Every any kind of incarnation you can think of, probably shadow puppets. They've done a, a version of Christmas Carol shadow puppets. Anyway, pretty much I think everyone knows the story. It's about Ebenezer Scrooge, and he is uh, a miser or a penny pincher or whatever you want to call him, an asshole, and he gets visited or haunted by three spirits. Which then changes his attitude about Christmas, but also just giving in general. So, what's interesting about this book, again, you know, you've... I mean, everyone's done an adaptation to this. Uh, Even, like, TV shows have done adaptations of this. So, everyone knows the basic story. The only difference is, is that the book has some changes, and even some of the most... um. Some of the most 
some of the adaptations that are closest to the book still has a little bit of differences, just tiny differences. But I really did enjoy this book. It was a good read. Uh, it was um, it was fun to see the differences, and that I think is the big uh, the big draw in reading this. Is like again, this is a story that everyone knows. Everyone has an idea. But what are the differences? What are the slight changes? And also, well, like, for instance, let me say, for instance, Ebenezer's nephew is established as not being very rich, but yet he has a maid. (laughs) And it's, you know, he said that he doesn't have a lot of money, but the point is, is that he still opens his home to his friends and they have... Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas dinner every year despite not having as much money as his uncle does but yet he has a maid or a housekeeper and so I think it was just that time you know that people that maybe he was middle class or maybe he was lower middle class you know and, and people of that kind of class had housekeepers even though they may not have been considered rich um the the language isn't as bad as you may think. It's not like reading a Shakespeare play. Uh, but I'm trying to throw... I mean, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh, the, what I was going to say was the main point of the book, though, is opening your heart to people less fortunate than you. Or just being kind. I mean, this book really is about being kind. And not just on... on Christmas, but every every day. And I think that the story in general kind of over... People oversee that or overlap that. They don't... They don't... They think it's just a Christmas story or it's a holiday story or uh, in some ways a horror story, someone getting haunted or about ghosts. But really it's about being kind. And that really hits you over the head when you're reading the book of the story. And I thought in some ways it's kind of, I don't know, it's very anti the world we're living in today, um, for the most part. And it it just was like a nice fresh of breath, breath, fresh of breath, breath of fresh air to read a good hearted story. And that's what it was. It it really was a, a good hearted story. There are some really creepy scenes, uh, really well done, um, told well. Uh, what did I give this fucking book? I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Uh, I think the only knock I could give is that maybe... You know, it's an older book. It's an older story. I've read some older stories already at this point, and a lot of them seemed well uh, disconnected with modern times. And this book definitely was not like that. Uh, whereas, and obviously, you know, because it's been adapted so many fucking times, and it's been adapted modern, you know, modern-wise so many times that it is a transcending story. Um, 
And Scrooge is just such a piece of shit. And like, the way he's described is that he's so cheap that he doesn't even take care of himself. I mean, he barely eats any food and he doesn't eat any nutrients. He almost eats nothing with nutrients. He doesn't take care of his skin. He doesn't take care of his face. He doesn't take care of his health. And that's how fucking cheap he is. And that's how... How black, like just mean he is and evil he is. Like he really is like an evil person. And it's very, it seems very realistic in the sense of just like somebody who just, his sole objective is money. And like even beyond his own health. Um, 4.5 out of 5. I really didn't enjoy this book. I'd really recommend it. Um, but adaptation wise, Jesus, like I could just do a whole pod on all the different adaptations that have been, uh, have been, uh, this fucking thing, uh, plays, radio, all the way since the book was fucking published, they've adapted to shit. Um, animation, video games, it said. So... Yeah, there are video game adaptations. Mega Man Christmas Carol. Okay. So again, this has got to be one of the most adapted pieces of literature of all time. I really did enjoy it, though. Uh, 4.5 out of 5. Read it. Not just on Christmas. Every day. And now we're going to talk about all the Harry Potter f- haters' favorite. Harry Potter and the Knight of Tijuana. No, uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Written by J.K. Rowling. Came out in 2003. This is 870 pages long. So this is a big boy. This is, a, at the time, the biggest book I read. And if you're counting, this is the uh, f- uh, fifth book? Sixth six book? Wait, there's one, two, three... For fifth book. And it is by far my least favorite Harry Potter book. Now, don't get me wrong, it is a good book. Uh, it's just as entertaining as the rest. The problem is, the problem is, is that Harry Potter um, deals with a lot of hormones in this book. And... What happens when a boy becomes a teenage boy? He becomes a horny asshole. Now, this isn't like your your fan fiction where Harry Potter screws everything that's not bolted down. But he does start to get feelings for the opposite sex. Plus, he doesn't know anything about the opposite sex. And he is... You know, these hormones not only come with being attracted to people, to women, but it's also the fact that he's getting angrier. Which is really fucking annoying. Him getting angry and blowing his top at everybody and everything. But there's an explanation for that. And then, of course, like every Harry Potter book, the explanations don't come until the end. So you have to sit and suffer with his fucking asshole attitude. 
plus there's a new teacher. Her name is uh, Professor Umbridge, who is a real see you next Tuesday. So you have the fact that Harry is becoming a short-fused, horny asshole, and the fact that Professor Umbridge, who slowly but surely starts to take over all of Hogwarts, these two things are, like, really fucking annoying, and it's, like, almost 900 pages of this shit. So, again, the continuing story is great. Fleshing out the characters is great. Fleshing out the wizarding world is great. The history is great, but she is such a pain in the friggin' ass, Umbridge. And the movie, although cuts a lot out, like the later movies did with the books, still portrayed her pretty true to the book. So she was really obnoxious to even watch. Also due to the fact that Harry is still reeling from what happened in the book previous. Spoiler alert, a major character from the previous book dies and Harry has to... Harry witnesses that. And so he's still dealing with that. And everyone treats him like a like a leper or a, mar- or a, uh, a pariah. Because he's claiming that Voldemort is back and practically no one believes him. And his name is getting thrown into the mud. And, and so this makes him even more short-fused. Which adds to the, you know, the annoying factor of the book. Um, you know, I think I might have said this in the last pod about Harry Potter is that, you know, Hogwarts was a school that was home away from home. I mean, it was his real home. But the more things start to mount on his shoulders, and now that Voldemort is back. Hogwarts is slowly turning out to be a place he doesn't want to be anymore. And I think that's also a metaphor for growing up, is that we sometimes shed our childish things, and then we may not like those childish things. Sometimes we grow out of things. Anyway, this is still a great series about growing up. One thing I want to say about the movie which came out, another thing I want to say about the movie, which came out in 2000 and something, this is the first movie that was directed by David Yates, and he would go on to direct every Harry Potter movie, even the Fantastic Beast movie. And I don't care for David Yates. I don't care for his directing. I don't care for the way he lights the movies. Um, He just... I never cared for him. And then, frankly, the rest of the movies are okay. And they're good. But they're not as good as some of the earlier ones. Or some of the middle ones. Um, there's a lot. Like, Dolores Umbridge starts to slowly take over the school. And she's just a real asshole to the other teachers. And there's just a lot of that, like... She represents the ministry. So she feels that she has more authority than even Dumbledore. And 
it's just obnoxious. It's just there's a lot of obnoxious scenes. Again, burning the candle at both ends with obnoxiousness. Um, I think that's a word. Oh, let's see. What did I give this? I don't think I would have given it anything too low. Um, what the fuck is it? I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. So, you know, still same kind of entertainment, same awesome expansion of the universe. But Goblet of Fire is still my favorite, and this is definitely the least least favorite one. Umbridge is such a fucking pain in the ass, and Harry doesn't help either. His friends want to help, and he's just like... It's his attitude is like, well... I saw Cedric die, so therefore I'm special? I don't know. He's a fucking teenage boy. Have fun raising that crap. If you got one. Alright, 4.5. This is the last this is the last Harry Potter for a while. I haven't even fin- started the next book because of this Corona Light beer business. Um, but hopefully I will soon. And one more thing to add about Order of Phoenix. Everyone talks about the next book being the big death in the series. This actually has a big death. And for those who say that there's no emotional parts of the story of the Harry Potter book series, this is definitely the first one. I mean, the previous book when Cedric dies... You know, he was introduced in that book, so it really wasn't, like, that much of a heartbreaker. But this one is a real pillar in Harry's life, and it's a big deal. And then, of course, there's a fight between Dumbledore and Voldemort. I mean, Dumbledore and Voldemort, I said it right. So, that's very emotional, too. But that will do it for Fanboys Book Club. Uh, Next week, I am talking about... The book with words in it, Lolita, uh, no wait, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Lolita, two great bookends, one's a kid's book and one's about a guy who's in love with a kid, perfect, you people who love your, love my rants are going to love the Lolita rant, let me tell you, um, what's your favorite adaptation of uh, Christmas Carol, mine is Mr. Magoo, no it's not. But tell me yours and email me at gamerish537 at gmail.com. Tell me what books to read, what books I'm not reading, whatever. Uh, Speaking of reading and and writing, I wrote a book. Champ, Eric, Amazon, E-R-I-K. Google it. You buy, you read, you like. And that about does it. What are my catchphrases again? Keep reaching for the stars. Reading is fundamental. And I guess wash your hands and put a mask on.